Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we are talking about life insurance. We cover what's the purpose of insurance, what are the different types of life insurance, and how to think through protecting yourself, your loved ones, and your investments. If you have any questions about the items discussed today, please reach out either by phone or email. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. All right, here we go again. Ready for this one? This is uh, this one actually could be slightly controversial, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a differing of opinions on, on this one. Today, we're talking about insurance, particularly life insurance. Life insurance, yeah. And... Um, I guess a, uh, life insurance is often sold, not bought. <laughs> um, mostly sold. Yeah. yeah. And nobody wants to call it death insurance anymore. Right. I think that was the greatest rebrand yeah. in the history of marketing <laughs> is to shift it from death insurance to life insurance. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> going to make me live. Hmm. Give me some of that. <laughs> and we're not totally opposed to insurance. You oh, need no. to have it. No, you got to have it. So right off the bat, let's there's there's places for insurance. Yeah. Yeah, it's just gotten, you know, it's a very complicated can be a very complicated and and confusing product and for you know, really probably over 95% of the people it should just be a no-brainer. Just super simple, easy is what I need done. Right. You know, I, I do think one thing that is hard that the insurance and financial business is kind of complicated is it's kind of the gateway for somebody who want to, wants to get into finances is to sell or, or yeah. work in the insurance field. For sure. That's and, where I started. Yeah. And, and so like when you get that as kind of the doorway into other places that you want to go, sometimes products are sold that aren't necessarily the best over the long term. Right. And so I, I think there is a little bit of a conflict just right out of the gate with new new agents or even, you know, long-term agents just, you know, trying to make it in a business right. and stuff. Yeah. And just not not having the the life experience or um, you know, a broad base of product knowledge to know if what they're selling really is a fantastic product. You know, it on the surface it can look Pretty good, but really good. you know, you start, <laughs> you know, peeling some layers back, and you go, well, I don't know about that. So anyway, let's just talk about the types of. Well, first, let's start with <laughs> what's the what should most people buy? Well, I, I think we should even back up for there. Like, what's the purpose of insurance? Right, homeowners insurance. It's it's obvious. Right, the house burns down, you need a place to live. Right, and you got to get it rebuilt, and and so you, you're you're buying in the event of a loss. Right, it's not to double the value of your home. Right, it's if something were to happen to the home. It's insured against that, um, and and health insurance works the same, same way. way. You know, you got you you really ought to have it if at all possible. Disability insurance the same way. If same you way on the job, you can't earn income. Auto insurance, auto insurance, got to have it. You don't want to be buying a new car because somebody ran into you and didn't have insurance, or you ran into somebody and you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just and insurance it's, is kind of uh, it's a. It's a necessity in American life. It's a, especially if you're looking to build and preserve some wealth. Sure. Because it's always those unexpected expenses that can really set you behind. Right. You know, if all of a sudden you had to rebuild a whole house on your own, most people's financial lives can't handle yep. rebuilding a second house. 
And so there's really only two reasons to buy uh, to buy life insurance. And for 99% of the people, it's because somebody's reliant on, you know, your income, basically. So the in the most pure form is, you know, you, you've got some kids, you've got a wife, you've got a mortgage, you've got some debts, and, and you're the, you know, kind of the primary um, breadwinner. Um, you know, there's there's risk there because if, if you get in a car wreck and die, then, you know, those obligations don't stop. In the purest sense, that's what life insurance is for, is to, is to provide liquidity and um, income protection for you know, people who are left behind. Yeah. And I think the same thing is covered for, for those, maybe one, one person's choosing to stay home for sure. Insurance can cover that as well, because there's obviously uncompensated work that's happening. And if something were to happen, childcare expenses, expenses are still going to be there. Funeral expenses. And you know, that's just, yeah. So, so if there's dependents, there mm -hmm. should be insurance. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and the best way to ensure that is just with everybody's heard the term, it's, it's term insurance. It's, it's just pure death benefit. Um, you know, it, it's cheap. Uh, you hear advertisements on the radio all the time. It, it, you know, it, term insurance used to be like, a, you know, a, a real negative. Uh, it was before about, you know, I would say probably around 1980, um, you know, 95% of the insurance that was sold was some form of uh, savings, uh, cash balance insurance product. And, and in the 80s, the, the thinking started to, to, to change. There was a company that came out that buy, uh, buy term and invest the difference. And uh, they struggled for a while, but eventually that all caught on. And, and I think, you know, at this point, probably... Um, you know, well over 50% of the insurance that's sold is probably term insurance. And, um, and, and it's because it's, you know, that's, that's really the, the purest form of life insurance is just plain term insurance. Yeah. So term is usually the cheapest. There's a set premium that you get assigned when you, when you sign up for the product, they usually cover 10, 20, 30 years or uh, of, of, if something were to happen to you, then there's a death benefit that goes to your yep. beneficiaries. And uh, it, it's, it's, Generally, usually by far the cheapest insurance mm -hmm. option out there. And the, the, the negative on term insurance has always been, well, but when you get when you get old, it gets really expensive, which is true. I mean, um, Garrett can buy term insurance significantly cheaper than I can because there's, you know, 25 year age difference. Um, the difference is he needs a lot more insurance than I do, you know, because he's got he's got three kids at home. <laughs> and a mortgage and and I don't have any kids at home and I've got a, a pile of money that I've saved over my life. And, and so if something were to happen to me, um, you know, the family lifestyle doesn't, doesn't change at all. So right. I actually don't have any insurance right because now. Because you're self-insured. I'm self-insured. You know, you, you eventually, the goal is to flip that switch of, sure. I was relying on the insurance company to cover while I'm accumulating. And then when you, as you get to the distribution phase, you know, you, you've in essence become self-insured. I can sure. cover my basis, and there's less dependence on you usually later. Right. In life, so that so that brings up the other reason. Sometimes uh, life insurance, the, the other legitimate reason, lifetime uh, life insurance is sold is sometimes you get in a situation where the estate gets so large that there's some estate taxes that are going to, you know, be assessed on the estate. Right now, um, each person can pass on it's somewhere around 13 million dollars it moves every year but 
Uh, and if, if your estate's over $13 million, you have to pay um, estate, tax. estate taxes. Death it's tax. basically a death tax. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. So a couple can pass on, you know, right now, $26 million. So if, if your estate's over $26 million right now um, and you don't want the kids to to carve death taxes out of that to Uncle Sam, then you could argue that there's a there's a reason for some life insurance there to to provide liquidity to pay the estate taxes instead of diluting the estate to the kids. So that's a you know that's a whole nother subject, but that probably affects less than one percent of the population right now. Yeah, and that's but that's the part that draws all the headlines. Yes, you know, this big wealthy billionaire family is doing this. Maybe you should too. Right. This super successful football coach that makes tens of millions of dollars a year right. is doing it. Maybe you should too. Well, it's running into those estate limits. And so it's for a different purpose right. than, uh, than an investment vehicle, if you will. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's always, anytime you're buying insurance, you, you got to be asking the question, what am I insuring? And, and that's always what you got to stay, keep in mind. Is it income with dependents? Is it estate limits that you're trying to, mm -hmm. to work through? And if there's no, legitimate reason, or if there's no traditional reason, uh, then you got to kind of back up and double check your, your diligence on the product. Right. So that's the first one to spend a lot of time. There's term life insurance, 99% of the people, it's the first place you look likely going to stay in that area. It's what we've both done personally, um, because it's, it's cheap and it gives you coverage for the years that you need it. Right. And then you, you save and, and invest for, to be self-insured down the road. And, and then you can do it generally at a lower cost, typically higher returns, just because there's not as many fees associated with, you know, basically buy term and invest the difference. Right. You know, investment options have become extremely efficient these days and you can get, you know, very, very low cost uh, uh, options there. Uh, the next phase up is universal policies, universal, you know, indexed universal, variable universal life insurance. These are what usually the, the really long names that you see that get advertised. Yeah. Yeah, and most of these products are sold um, as as kind of an you know not so much as as insurance uh, per se, but but it's hey you get insurance, but it's really a great investment vehicle, uh, and you know they're just not. <laughs> I'll just be I'll just be blunt about it. <laughs> yeah, they they um, you know, but. They are sold uh, pretty aggressively, um, and it, it, it's a shame because you know they the insurance industry does have some kind of unique tax benefits that they've been able to lobby for and preserve over the years. Um, but if you look at just the returns, the the problem is is you have the cost of the insurance inside there and. It all gets kind of jumbled together. It's really hard to sort things out. Uh, you you run an illustration, um, you know, over forty years, and you can make anything look good. And you know, so <laughs> and and the salespeople are highly incentivized to sell uh, Universal Life. Um, a guy Garrett's age, you know, you can buy a million dollars worth of term insurance, and I don't know, probably what five hundred bucks a year or something like that. It's been a while since I've looked. You at know, it. it's probably a little bit more than that. But but uh, the same a policy with the universal life and policy is is probably going to be you know five or six thousand dollars a year, if not more. Yeah. And and the idea is that 
you know, that extra money goes in and it's invested and you get a return on it and, and that you can, you know, you can borrow against it. I always wondered about borrowing against your own money. You know, you have a life insurance policy, you got, you know, let's say you get a hundred thousand dollars in there and you want to buy a vehicle. And so you say, well, I'm going to go borrow it from a policy. And so you pay, uh, you know, you pay your policy 6% interest or 4% interest uh, to borrow your own money. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's just odd to me that. <laughs> but, but I think it's you, you need to highlight what's the purpose of that investment portion in there. It's to help offset future insurance costs. Yeah. Like the, the main the reason why they were designed is to have that cash value grow, not so you could borrow against it and save you some taxes potentially. Right. But to offset so you don't have an increase. So you don't have heavy premium costs when, when you're, you're 80 and when you're 80. <laughs> well, my argument is you shouldn't need insurance. If you need insurance when you're 80 or 90, if somebody's still relying on your income, you've really kind of messed up. So the whole the whole goal here should be, you know, I only want to buy life insurance for, you know, 30 years at the most. Yeah. And, you know, they always, you know, they get pitched in no risk, tax free, borrow against it. A phrase I often hear is be your own bank. That comes around about, mm-hmm. about every five or seven years. I feel yep. like that sales pitch comes back through. Yes, it does. And it's the the, the pitch is is great. And it because every time it comes around, I go, well, maybe I've missed something. So mm-hmm. I look again. Yeah. So you go down the road and you look again and you go, oh, it's the same thing. They've got caps, limits. They've got charges in there. And those are all... So when you have an investment in there, whether it's fixed or variable, you know, tied to uh, an index or just a set rate of return, those are all at the will of the insurance company to adjust how much they charge and what their caps are. And and so you all, that is the, the floors and the caps you always have to keep an eye on because it's not you that can choose how much of that return you can participate in. Like if the stock market goes up 10%, what's your cap on that return, mm-hmm. it's it's up to the insurance company and they get to change that depending on how well the policy is doing. Right. And so we've seen those get throttled all the way down to 1% when you think you're getting full market participation. Right. And it's, it, it, and it's up to the will of the insurance company. And so you always have to be careful who is in charge of the policy to make the changes as times go on. Because you... For universal policies, you can make some changes. You can increase, decrease your premiums. You can increase, decrease the benefits. There's some flexibility there, and you know, change. But uh, but there's also some things the insurance company can do. Exactly, uh, and and trust me, they they will do what 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 they need to do to protect themselves. And of course, they're a business. Sure, that's yeah. It's, it doesn't do anybody good if the insurance company goes broke, right? So they have the self preservation is is their main objective for sure. The, you know, I think one of the one of the other clues that people can really take a good look at on uh, whether to buy a policy or not is is what kind of surrender charges. Yeah. And you know, the, uh, a, a lot of um, a lot of insurance products that are sold. So again, we're talking about um, mostly universal life, whole life products. Um, you know, you can put money in them for two, three, four, five years. And, and if you decide you want to cash them in, th- there's nothing to cash in. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the surrender penalties are, are so uh, heavy 
that you know you get into them and you you can't get out of them, and that that should be a huge red flag if if, uh, and that has a direct correlation uh, to the amount that the uh, insurance agent is is receiving as a commission, and and I, you know I've been in commission sales before. I don't have anybody against anybody you know making a living um, you know selling selling product, but. The, the life insurance industry, um, it, it's, a, it's a lucrative sales process because it is a difficult job. And, um, but, you know, our, our objective is to, you know, protect clients and put out accurate information. And if you, if you look at that illustration and you're putting, you know, two, three, five thousand $5,000 a year in a policy and your surrender, uh, your, your surrender value is zero, zero, zero. Three hundred dollars, you know, seven hundred dollars. As each year goes as by, as each year goes by, you know that that tells you that uh, that was a very very um, lucrative policy for the for the agent to sell. So if you if you do want to go down that road, you like the idea of of having a cash value policy. You can buy um, you know universal life type products. Uh, that are what they call no load universal life products, and they're available. You can go out and and, and we can help you with that. Identify one if you want. Um, but they're usually not sold by an individual. They're not going to be sold by an individual because there's no there's no money in it. Yeah. Right. So you can get the same product without, you know, without the you know the downside of of uh, the heavy surrender penalties and things. And I also think one thing to highlight here is too is there's other ways of accomplishing all of these different pieces. Universal exactly. Life tries to package about five different things in one. Yep. Well, if you break them apart, you can still have an investment vehicle. If it's in a traditional brokerage, you can put those assets up as collateral and borrow against them. So you can still get the borrowing idea. Yep. Uh, you can still get the investment idea. You can, you know, it opens up the full world of what investments you have. And then if you put term in there with it, it's it's kind of the combination of the two. Well, and, and the, the 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 you know nobody should even remotely consider cash value life insurance unless they're uh, fully maxing out a Roth IRA. Oh, for sure. Because a Roth, Roth IRA has all the all the advantages that they claim that uh, universal life products have. With none of the downside, especially the charges, especially the the charges. You don't have to borrow your own money. It grows tax free. You pull it out tax free. All the all the good stuff that that they say about uh, these universal life products. A Roth IRA has all of those, all the positives and none of the negatives. Yeah, it, it is a great option to go yep. down that road. Um, if so, you know, and then and then the last area is whole life insurance, and that's kind of the your. The advantage there is your premiums get set. It is the same your whole life and it guarantees coverage your whole life. Yep. You don't have to tweak and adjust because that's one of the risks of universal life. You kind of got to steer the ship mm-hmm. to make sure you can keep that coverage your full life or, or you can run into some significant tax consequences or just lose out on all the funds you thought you had in there. Yep. And whole life insurance, the, the insurance company is taking the full risk and they just say for this coverage, this is the premium and we will guarantee coverage your whole life. Yep. And, and so that's the idea of, of whole life insurance and usually end up with a significant cash balance balance in there as well. But that's going to offset future charges mm-hmm. in, in the policy as well. That's what that cash balance is particularly designed for is to cover future expenses of a life full life coverage policy. Right. Um, so insurances are a great thing. It's just making sure they get covered to the right area 
and you're getting the protection that you're wanting and not necessarily paying for some things that you don't necessarily need. Yeah. Um, we're, we're fans of insurance in the right instances uh, for the right reasons. Um, but, but buying one that's maybe unnecessary can lead to, you know, a lifetime of expenses of, of you know, sometimes uh, throwing good money after bad. Yeah. I'd ask yourself the question is, does my homeowner's insurance have a, have a savings account with it? No. Does my car insurance have a savings account with it? Hmm, no. So there's a clue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, so if you have one and you've come and you think it's a, it's a great idea, we've re we review these often for people. You're more than welcome to send them our way. We'll talk you through what they look like. We're not going to make the decision for you. We'll just point out this is how it works in this instance. There, there's usually a hypothetical or a, a, you know, a kind of a, a guide of this is the best case scenario for it. And we'll point out maybe some areas where it may not live up to, to what it is, or maybe it will. Cause yeah. if it's a good one, I want it. Sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you got a really good I, I, one. I'm, I'm open. If I find one that's just killer, I, I want in, yeah. you know, if, if this thing was, was, if I find one that's near as good as this, the, the current salespeople say it is, I want one. Yes. Uh, it's just the, all the good things are emphasized and all the negatives are, are pretty well suppressed through that sales press process for the most part. So um, be careful. And if you want to, I mean, like, like Garrett said, we'll review them if you need to. And we don't sell insurance. So, you know, we're pretty, um, pretty open about just looking at them and, and giving you just a third party opinion, uninterested opinion about what you have there. Yep. All right. Uh, until next time. Thanks again. See ya. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners, is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.